the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much uh, for joining me. Hope that you're doing well, that your Monday is going well. We're in November, time's flying by, and we are racing towards uh, Thanksgiving. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs is focused on Southern Colorado Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6. Really appreciate you listening and joining me. Also, uh, this does turn into a podcast. If you go to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, anywhere you find your podcast, then you can listen to it on uh, demand. On Mondays, I like just taking a look at things that are close to my heart, things that I'm uh, passionate about. And today, I'm going to be looking at the power of the gospel. I know there's been a lot of bad news in our uh, world uh, today. seems like everywhere you look, uh, there's discouragement. There's discouragement with the economy. I've been reading that inflation's already gone up over 8% this calendar year. So that's just amazing and mind-blowing to think about. The stock market is struggling. Property values are, are going down. We look at what's taking place in our government, and that can be discouraging and absolutely overwhelming uh, as well. And then we look at what's going on in our lives personally. You know, we just look at what's going on in our marriages or what's going on with our kids or navigating uh, singleness, and it can all be overwhelming. Sometimes uh, I don't even want to get up and uh, look at the news, but it's important to be informed. So today, we're not going to focus on the bad news. We're going to focus on the good news. We're going to focus on the gospel, Jesus Christ and Him uh, crucified Here's some really thought-provoking quotes on the gospel. This is uh, what Charles Spurgeon said of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is redemption, and the essence of redemption is the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ. So when you think of, well, what's the heart of the gospel? The heart of the gospel is redemption. What does redemption mean? It means to buy back. We're enslaved because of our sin, and God bought us back with his blood. He redeemed us with his blood. And the essence of redemption is the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ, where he took my place upon the cross. He took your place upon uh, the cross. John Calvin, he said it this way, the gospel is not a doctrine of the tongue, but of life. It cannot be grasped by reason and memory alone, but it is fully understood when it possesses the whole soul and penetrates to the inner recesses of the heart. So this really speaks of the heart impact of the gospel, of understanding my 
whole entire being needs Jesus to die for my sins and arise again. I like what Kevin DeYoung said, the gospel, if the gospel is old news to you, it will be dull news to everybody else. So that's convicting for us as believers. If the gospel is old news to you, it'll be dull news to everyone else. And has the gospel become old news to you? I hope not. I hope that your heart always rejoices in the glory and goodness of uh, the gospel. St. Augustine, a very famous theologian of the past, put it this way, if you believe what you like in the gospel and you reject what you don't like, it's not the gospel you believe, but yourself. I, I want to read that again and just just read that a little bit slower and, and chew on it for just a moment. If you believe what you like in the gospel, and reject what you don't like, it is not the gospel you believe, but uh, yourselves. So with the gospel, we can't pick and choose with what we believe. We can't take what we like and throw out what we don't like. And in today's show, we're going to take some time talking about exactly what is the gospel. What does the Bible say is uh, good news? It's, It's the most important thing for us to know and understand about God and also about ourselves. Tim Keller wrote a great book called The Prodigal God, Recovering the Heart of the Christian Faith. And I quote uh, from that book, the A to Z's of the Christian life. The gospel is therefore not just the ABC's of the Christian life, but the A to Z of the Christian life. Our problems arise largely because we do not continually return to the gospel to work in it and live it out. That's why Martin Luther wrote, the truth of the gospel is the principal article of all Christian doctrine. Most necessary is that we know this article well, teach it to others, and beat it into their heads uh, continually. I really like what Tim Keller points out here is the gospel is not the beginning point and the ending point but it's every point in between. And we don't ever want to lose sight of uh, the gospel, lose sight of our need for the gospel, lose sight of what Jesus has uh, done uh, for us. And that's why Christ instructed us in communion. He said, do this in remembrance of me, because he knew our tendency was to lose sight of the importance of his sacrifice, his death and his uh, resurrection. So what is the gospel? What exactly is the gospel? Well, first, the gospel is good news. The word gospel means good news. I'm recently teaching through the book of Luke at Rocky Mountain Calvary. And in chapter eight, it said that Jesus went out preaching the glad tidings of the kingdom. Jesus brought good news. He brought glad tidings. And that's what uh, the gospel is. Think of some good news that you had to share with someone where you just couldn't wait to share it. Maybe it's that you were expecting a baby, that you were going to be a mom, that you're going to be a dad. Maybe it was a promotion that you had just uh, received. And God has this good news for us that he came and sent his son to die for our sins. And thankfully, the Bible uh, really clearly defines uh, what the gospel is. In 1 Corinthians uh, 15, It says this, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in it you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. 
For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. So God defines the gospel for us, that Jesus died for our sins, according to the scripture. So it's promised in the Old Testament that God would send his son to die upon the cross for our sins. So then we got to ask ourselves, well, what is sin? Sin is when we disobey against a holy God, but it's also when we miss the mark. We're trying to do good. We're trying to hit the target, but we miss the mark. So our sin, Jesus died upon the cross for our sin. According to the scripture, he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. So Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for our sin, according to the scripture. I love the way that Jesus defined the gospel. Jesus said in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that's a large invitation that God has given to us. As you're driving down the road, you found this radio station, you found this podcast, you're a whosoever, I'm a whosoever, And for God so loved you, you can put your name in there, that he gave his only begotten son. And we can easily rattle that off the tongue, his only begotten son. But this is the most valued the father has is his son. We can feel that as a parent, how much we love our kids. When the father spoke audibly from heaven, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we're talking about what is the gospel? Why do we need it? Why is it so important to believe the gospel today on Crosswalk? Thanks for joining me on this Monday afternoon. Hope that you're doing well. You're going to want to stay with me today after this break because we're talking about the most important topic, and that's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You're listening to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Don't go away. You're not going to want to miss it. This is truly good news. We'll be right back. This is 100.7, The Word. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Hope that you're doing well. Want to give a shout out to Southern Colorado, to Colorado Springs, El Paso County. We are racing through November. There's so much bad news that can be completely overwhelming. Uh, when you look at the news, the mass shootings, uh, to what's taking place in our country politically, to the challenges economically. But today we're here to talk about good news. We're talking about the love of Jesus Christ. What's the gospel? How does it impact our hearts and our, our lives? And I want to take some time to just share my testimony, God's uh, story in uh, my life. And my life really begins where I was born on a Sunday. God's got a huge sense of humor. Now I'm a, a pastor, but I was born on a Sunday. And then the next Sunday I was in church and my parents uh, had gotten saved shortly before my brother and I were born. Uh, my mom was born and raised in a Catholic family, uh, and she never heard the gospel. She never heard that Jesus had died for her sins and rose again, and that she was saved by grace. My dad really grew up in a family 
uh, that didn't have any faith at all, uh, just growing up uh, living in Vancouver, Washington. He became Catholic to, to marry my mom, and they went down to Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, beginning their marriage. And the way they tell the story is they were already starting to have some challenges in their marriage, and they had some neighbors that they would play cards with, and their neighbors invited them to a Bible study. Their neighbors weren't believers, but were going to this Bible study and invited my parents to go. And they went, and they both heard the gospel, and they responded to the gospel. They separated up the men and women at the end of that Bible study and shared the gospel, and both my mom and dad responded to the gospel at the same time, independently of each other. My parents' life really changed uh, from the inside out at that point, and God really gave them a love for Jesus and a love for the Bible, and God began working in their marriage. And so when I was growing up, it was really important for us to be in church, to be in God's house, uh, had the opportunity to go to Christian school. Uh, the church that I grew up until I was in middle school was we would have a church Sunday school hour uh, and then main church and then Sunday night church and Wednesday night church. So it was just church uh, all the time. And unfortunately, my heart grew really hard. I didn't uh, hear the love of Christ. I only heard the rules and the regulations. And it wasn't anybody else's fault, uh, it, but it was what I really picked up on. And I really wanted to do my own thing. Uh, I would desperately try to get out of going to church. I would pretend sick so I could stay home and watch football. I would tell my past, my parents, excuse me, <laughs> The worst thing you could ever do with your life is be a, a pastor. And I would pursue really meaning through basketball. I would try to find my satisfaction through playing basketball. I'm six foot three. I was six foot three in, in junior high. Thought I was going to be a lot taller than I ended up being. So can you imagine being six foot three in uh, middle school? I got the comment a lot, how's the weather uh, up there? So now I'm in my freshman year of high school, and I thought, if I can make the varsity team in basketball, then my life is going to be set. I'll be fulfilled. I'll be satisfied. You know, all the girls will want to date me. My coach, Brian Morris, at, at Cascade Christian High School in Medford, Oregon, at the end of my eighth grade year, he took a basketball and he painted it yellow with spray paint. And he said, before tryouts, I want you to wear all of the paint off of the ball just want you to shoot all summer long, everywhere you go. If you're in the grocery store, take the basketball and, and bounce it. And so that's what I did. I just would shoot hoops all the time, practice and play. And I made the varsity team. And I even got my favorite number, number 22, because of uh, Clyde Drexler. But then I found myself just so empty. I had that accomplishment, but yet I was, was empty. And I found myself... Uh, wondering what in the world's going on. And I went to church, as was our custom, you know, in my home. That's what we did. We went to church. And God used that uh, in, my, in my life. And it's New Year's Eve, and my youth pastor said, I want you to write down three things that you want God to do in your life this year. Put it in this envelope, put your address on it, then I'll mail it to you a year uh, from now. So in this emptiness, uh, I wrote down, Lord, I want you to be closer to me than my brother. My brother's 22 months older than me, and him and I are still really close uh, to uh, each other. 
my brother was real in my life, but Christ wasn't real in my life. So that was New Year's Eve. And then it was January 4th, just a few days later. And I was walking home from the basketball gym. And I looked over at some kids that were playing in the yard there in Southern Oregon. God spoke to my heart. And it was the first time that I heard God speak to me. It wasn't an audible voice. It was just a still small voice. And it was, Eric, while you wanted nothing to do with me, I wanted everything to do with you. And as I was looking at these kids play, God showed his love uh, to me, his unconditional love. And, And this is when the gospel, the good news of Christ, the grace of God really penetrated my heart and my life. It was Romans 5.8. I didn't know it was Romans 5.8 at the time, but Romans 5.8 declares, but God demonstrated his love towards us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So I walked into my parents' house. I opened the door and tears were coming down my face. I was like, God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. And I had heard that so many times in my life, but then it had become real. At that moment, it had become real that God loved me, that I was saved by his grace. The strangest thing happened to me the next morning. I woke up and I wanted to be in the Bible. I'd never had a desire to be in God's word. Being in God's word was always a have to, but now it became a want to. I wanted to get to know this love that God had so graciously revealed to me. So I started reading in the gospel of Matthew. I got done with Matthew. I went to Mark and just continued on through the gospels and then into Acts and continued into the New Testament. I remember a distinct memory of being at the Oregon coast. I grew up about an hour and a half from the Oregon coast and the sun was setting there in the Pacific Ocean. And I was watching this beautiful sunset up on a bluff, reading the book of Philippians for the very first time in my life. And I came to Philippians 1, 6, where it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And I was so comforted by that. God, you started this work in me. You're going to be faithful to uh, complete it. Also, when God got a hold of my life, I started to have a heart to serve. I had a heart for kids growing up in the church that were like me, that didn't know Christ, that didn't have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I started volunteering uh, with the fourth and fifth graders at our church. And I was really uh, the bouncer. I went to a really large church. There was thousands of people coming in Southern Oregon. God was really uh, moving. And there would be, you know, 60, 70, 80 fourth to fifth graders that would come on a Wednesday night. So if some of them were misbehaving, then I would go out and talk with them in the hall. And it just gave me a great opportunity to share what God had done in my life. But that's how God got a hold of my life. That's how the gospel penetrated my heart and my life. It was that emptiness that I was feeling and that rejection of God that he loved me while I didn't want anything to do with him. We're told in 1 John, it's not that we love God, but that he loves us. So today, this afternoon, as you're listening, I just want to remind you of the gospel. What is the gospel? That Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, that he rose again according to the scriptures. How did God get a hold of your life? I always like to think of it in terms of Christ's declaration, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him 
should not perish but have everlasting life. We're going to head to a break. Stay with me because we're going to be talking about the glory of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, how it impacts our heart and life. So don't go away. You're listening to 100.7 The Word. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks for listening. Hope that you're doing well and that you're encouraged, that your commute is going well. Also, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Hope it's a blessing to you. want to remind you that you can send questions. Uh, you can send texts and phone calls uh, tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday. I will be taking texts and phone calls. So please uh, be thinking of those texts, thinking of those prayer requests, those questions, and send those in uh, to me. I know that we're living in an environment where it's very easy to get bummed out with all of the bad news around us, but in Jesus Christ, we have good news. We're looking at the gospel, the power of the gospel. What is the gospel? What does it mean to us in our lives? And the gospel really is a good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried and arose again. I want to walk us through Romans. Uh, Romans is really a great uh, declaration of the gospel, what the gospel means, how the gospel is received in our hearts, uh, in our lives. And the first thing that Paul says uh, about the gospel is in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and for the Greek. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is used 101 times in the New Testament, the word uh, the gospel, and it's used 15 times in the book of Romans. And Paul took some heat for the gospel. He took some heat for declaring that Jesus was God, declaring that the only way through salvation was to believe that he died for your sins and rose again, But he says, I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, the Jew first and then the Greek. There's nothing more powerful than the gospel, that God would send his son to die for our sins and rise again. And as we believe, we're saved. As we believe, we're forgiven. It's the power of God unto salvation. And Paul says, I'm going to share it. Because this is the power of God. This is what brings people out of darkness into light, provides eternal salvation. And I know for me, sometimes I can tend to shy away from the gospel, especially in having conversations with people one-on-one. It's easier when I'm teaching at Rocky Mountain Calvary, and it's a monologue. It's much more difficult when it's a dialogue, when it's a one-on-one conversation, when you're risking personal rejection. But the most loving thing that we can do is to declare the gospel to uh, someone. Why do we need the gospel? Why do we need Jesus to die for our sins? Well, the book of Romans really does a great job of, of laying that out. In the first three chapters, Paul does a masterful job, almost like a lawyer, laying out a case for us of why we need a Savior. He shows us that God has revealed himself to us through creation and if we reject him as the creator, we're, we're accountable. He shows to us that 
Oftentimes we're in a place where we're judging others, but we're guilty of the exact same thing. He shows us the standard of the law. Why God gave uh, the law uh, to us was to show us our need for a savior. It very quickly humbles us. And it comes to this conclusion at the end of this argument in verse 21 of Romans 3, it says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe for there is no difference. Here it is for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Call me a Bible scholar, but all means all. (laughs) In the Greek, all means all. So all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, would you go in and receive cancer treatment if you didn't have cancer? Absolutely not. And you won't receive Christ as your Savior if you don't understand that you're a sinner. And and I'm a sinner. The only way that I can be saved is through what Christ has done for me on the cross. I think sometimes we think of it wrongly. Uh, We think of it in terms of if you've got three swimmers that are leaving from Orange County and they're swimming to Hawaii. And the first swimmer is a lousy swimmer. They can hardly even dog paddle. And then the second swimmer is a state champion. And then the third swimmer is an Olympic athlete. And they all start to swim. Are they going to make it to Hawaii? No, all three of them are going to drown. But it's easy if you're the Olympics swimmer to go, well, I'm so much better swimmer than this person that doesn't know how to sin. And we compare our morality with each other instead of seeing God as the standard. And he's the standard. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But thankfully, Romans goes on and says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This word justified means to be declared righteous. This is the gospel. As you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again, inviting him to be the Lord of your life, you're justified. You're declared righteous. Past tense. You're robed in Christ's righteousness. It's a legal declaration. And notice it's by his grace. What's grace? It's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. That, that's good news. We have punched God in the face with our sin, and he gave to us in response to our sin what is most valuable to him, and it's his son, and he completely, 100% forgives us of our sin. Through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus redeems us, buys us back from our sin. Well, Paul goes on in Romans uh, to describe uh, the gospel. What does it mean for the gospel to be in our lives? And I love this in Romans 5, the first few verses really talks about a life of, in the gospel, a life of justification. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and glory in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So this is amazing what the gospel provides in our life. First, is we're justified by faith. We're declared righteous by faith. Then we have peace with God. The most important relationship is God 
and we know that we have peace with him. We're no longer at enmity with him. Then we have access to grace. As believers, I want you to hear this. Part of the gospel life is we have access to grace. Temptation with sin, difficulties, need wisdom, need comfort. We have access to grace. It's what God has given to us. And we rejoice in hope. We know that God's good, that he's returning, that he's coming back, and we're in a place of hope. But also, we glory in tribulation, knowing that God is using tribulation in our lives to grow us in perseverance, to grow us in character, to grow us in hope. And hope doesn't disappoint because God's love is poured out into our hearts and our lives. This is all provided for us in the gospel. It's provided for us in the grace of Jesus Christ. Today, focusing on the gospel, focusing on the good news of Christ revealed through the book of Romans. The book of Romans uses the word gospel 15 times. The word gospels used 101 times in the New Testament. How did God get a hold of your life? God really got a hold of my life by revealing his grace, his unconditional love uh, to me. When we get back from the break, we're going to continue walking through Romans and, and looking at how the gospel is received in our lives, how the gospel impacts us on a daily basis. I love talking about Jesus. I love especially focusing on his sacrifice from our sin. This last weekend at Rocky Mountain Calvary, we were taking communion together as a body of believers. And I was once again, just impacted by my sinfulness, but impacted by God's love for me, that he died for my sin and my sin is completely forgiven. So I hope you're encouraged by the gospel. Stay with me. We're going to take a deeper look at the gospel right after this break. We'll be right back on 100.7 The Word. Try my best, but just don't get it right. Where I talk a talk that I don't walk and miss the moments right before my eyes. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The word. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name, no matter what comes. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. We're Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6, right here on 100.7 The Word. Also on podcast, you can search Crosswalk, Colorado Springs anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Hope that you're doing well. Hope that life is going well and that you know that the Lord is with you. We're living in some trying times and I know in these difficult times, it's hard to see what God is doing. But one of the things that I see is it's an awesome time for the gospel. With all this confusion and frustration and depression, this is a time for the gospel to shine. So it's really important for us as believers to know the gospel in our own lives, know how to be able to present it uh, to to others. So don't shrink back. I think people are hungry for Jesus Christ. They're coming into churches longing to hear that Jesus loves them, that Jesus died for their sins and uh, rose again. So we're walking through Romans. It's been referred to as uh, the Romans road, looking at uh, the gospel Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The first two verses uh, that we looked at 
was Romans 3, 23, and then Romans 5, verse 1, now Romans 6, uh, 23, the wages of sin is death. So the paycheck for our sin is death. And it's not just speaking of a physical death, but a spiritual death of being eternally separated from God. Now, one of the harder teachings with the gospel is the biblical truth of hell, that the wages for our sin is eternal uh, punishment. But we don't get to add to the gospel. We don't get to take away from the gospel. And if we cancel out the teaching of hell, we're really undermining our sin. It's God's just judgment to send me to hell apart from Christ. That's what I deserve. You know, if you commit a crime and go before a judge, it's not the judge's fault to bring the consequences. And we're guilty before a holy God. But thankfully, the story doesn't stop there. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So in Jesus, God provides eternal life. God doesn't want any to perish For all those who believe, all those who turn and believe in Christ, they will be saved. And that's an awesome promise of God. Think about eternal life. (laughs) Doesn't heaven just keep seeming better and better? Streets paved with gold, no more suffering, get to behold Christ, worship Christ, be with uh, believers. That's a huge part of the gospel that God has provided eternal life. Life in the gospel, Romans 8, 8, 1 says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're not condemned. We're not guilty. We are for a given people. Jesus cried upon the cross and he said, it is finished. Then Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. This is a promise specifically for believers. As believers, we know that God's hands upon our life, working all things together for good. I always like to point out good according to whose perspective, not necessarily from my perspective, what I perceive to be good, but good from God's perspective. He's, he's working all things together for good for, for his glory. So we know that our sins are forgiven, but we also know that God's working in our current uh, situation. Life in the gospel, the end of Romans 8, uh, tells us, yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I love this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So we have confidence for the future that nothing is going to separate me from the love of God. Paul's fully convinced. Am I fully convinced? Uh, Several years ago, I had to just really wrestle with this truth. Am I convinced? Am I fully convinced that God loves me and nothing, absolutely nothing can separate me from the love of God? So how do you receive the gospel? How do you receive this uh, good news? We find it in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 9. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Let's talk through this for just a moment to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. To confess Jesus as Lord is to turn from sin and to allow Jesus to take control of your life. It's this understanding where I'm ready for Jesus to be my Lord. I'm ready for him to be on the throne of my heart and my life. And then to believe and believe in our heart, the core of our being. I believe that Jesus died for my sin and rose again. And then the promise is you'll be saved. If you confess Jesus as Lord, believe that Jesus died for your sin and rose again from your heart. It's important that it's a, it's a heart decision. It's a yielding to Jesus. It's inviting him to be the Lord in your life. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called upon the name of the Lord to be saved? Here you are in your car. You found 100.7, the word. You found this podcast. You're hearing the gospel. Jesus is speaking to you, highlighting John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My wife Got saved listening to Christian radio. Her mom was pumping the gas. She was sitting in the van. Someone shared the gospel, led out a prayer for all those that wanted to receive Christ as their Savior. She responded and got saved. If that's you, I'd invite you to pray with me right now. Pray this heart, this prayer with me right where you're at and trust Christ as your Savior. Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you died for my sins and rose again. I turn from my sin, I acknowledge my sin, and invite you to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me, and thank you for forgiving me. Please help me in this new relationship with you. If you just prayed that prayer from your heart, according to the scriptures, you're a child of God, you're saved. It's that simple, but it's also so profound. And you have just begun the most important relationship of your life, and God forgives you of your sins, and has adopted you as his son, his daughter. If you have just made that decision, would you please reach out to a believer and let him know that you have received Christ as your Savior? If you don't know a believer, reach out to Rocky Mountain Calvary. Reach out uh, to me. Look me up at rockymountaincalvary.org, rmc.org. But share with a believer what God has done in your life. And for all those that are listening that are believers is I want you to rejoice in the gospel. I need to rejoice in the gospel. I need to be reminded of my sin in the past and present and future, not for condemnation, but for the joy of the gospel. Next Monday, I'm going to take another look at the power of the gospel, how to share the gospel, how to put together our testimony I just feel like in this world where there's so much bad news, it's important for us to focus on the good news of of Jesus Christ. The message of the Bible is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. It was promised in the Old Testament that Jesus would die for our sins. He was buried and rose again for our sins according to the scripture. His burial, his resurrection predicted in the Old Testament as well. We never want to lose sight of the substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Be back with you tomorrow night from five to six and know that the Lord truly does love you. He's proven it. He gave his son for you on the cross. 
As there's so much bad news happening in our world, let's focus on the good news of Jesus Christ. So have a great evening. Know that the Lord loves you, that he's with you. Until next time, good night. Thanks so much for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.